0: Start a chat, tell them that Casey sent you. If you have Salesforce Pardot, when you schedule and then do a demo, they will send you a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed. Not bad, right? Well, it's only while supplies last, so hop on this thing today. And that's it for sponsors. Let's get to the show. And we're live. It's a snowy day, at least out my window. And... man this is going to be an exciting one we have back for the second time one of our most popular uh podcasts. we talked about the the replies that get huge deliverability we talked about all sorts of interesting things my guest today is uh, so many things he's a digital marketing um, and a customer service expert he is a facebook ad ninja he's also uh, a marketing strategist from the b2b and the b2c side and he really his strength is where the crossover, what we can learn from him on the B2B side, what he leverages on the B2C side, it's it's all about that considered sale. And so I love chatting with him. Uh, he's a great friend. He's a father of six, which is a challenge unto itself, <laughs> director of business dev at Classic Photographers, Keith Phillips. Welcome back. Hey, how you doing, Casey? Thanks for having me. Good, I was good. I, yeah, I was just thinking,
1: I think last time we did this, we both had these like massive beards. And now Did we're like, we really? I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll and have uh, to look at that. We'll have to put across. like a side by side. Yeah. <laughs> comparison. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Beards. And then probably, you know, 20 plus pounds heavier Yeah, both of us. So uh, yep. Yeah. I'd say we're, you know, it's spring cleaning, but it's winter now. It's like, <laughs> it's literally snowing out the window. Right? <laughs> do you have a window near you or I do? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Still snowing. Yeah. It's, yeah. So for people listening at this particular time, we're both up here in New Hampshire it is a snowstorm where they canceled school yesterday. It was they're like it's coming, so we're canceling. Yeah, that's what they do now. Uh, it's
1: not like when we were kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, when we were kids, they kind of wait. They wait and see. But like, that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hey, we're really good at clearing the streets too. So I, I mean, the streets look pretty good. So yeah, for sure. What can you say? But 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 I digress. We're here to talk about a bunch of things today. Um, We're going to get into email deliverability. You had a challenge um, and you spent lots of time diving into it. So anyone that sends emails is going to want to listen to this episode. We're going to get down and dirty on email deliverability. We're also going to talk about chat, conversational marketing, and just geek out on marketing because you've been here before. So this is like Uh the alumni session (laughs) here. And um, so, but let's, let's follow tradition. Let me grab this. Start every show the way we start by passing you this hammer, Thor's oh, hammer. Here you go. Right. Here we go. Did we have Thor's hammer last we time? We did not. We had a
1: virtual okay. hammer.
0: We had a virtual I hammer. I not- still have a virtual hammer. So. We have a real one now. <laughs> so take that hammer and smash some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception.
1: Yeah. So since we're talking about uh, a little bit today about uh, email deliverability, I want to smash the myth that the size of your list matters. Huh? Ooh. So the size of your list does not matter. Um, now, of course, it matters a little bit, right? Of course, you want the more leads, the better, right? We're always lead gen. But when it comes to email deliverability, it's going to be about what you do with that list that matters. Um, it's not like it used to be, where you cast a wide net, email them all, and hope for the best. Um, right. You know, the email service providers have gotten very good at filtering out uh, things that are spam and things that aren't even spam that look like spam. So. Right. So now it's up to you and how you control your list and how you send your list and how you interact with your list more than is the size of your list because it's all about the amount of people you can get in front of um, and not just sending mass emails and hoping for the best, so.
0: Got it. So that whole, uh, oh, let me get a gigantic list, spray and pray kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're on to us there. We can't just do the status quo. What, do, are people still doing that? And, and tell us about the situation that happened to you as well. Sure. So um, I've
1: considered myself a very good email marketer for probably close to 12 years now. And uh, yeah, and all different strategies, you know, following trends, paying attention. And uh, about the spring, you know, we've had, we've acquired about the biggest lead list we had ever had through various means. So all different types of lead sources all piling into one area. And, uh, you know, really the whole industry went through a change. Um, Yahoo was the first and and Hotmail that really made major changes that landed more people than I think they thought into spam folders. Um, And then that was about March of this year and followed up by, you know, Google kind of went through the same path about a month or two later. So, you know, email service providers like, uh, you know, we use Infusionsoft or Keep, uh, but I know everywhere, you know, whether it's... um, you know, Pardot, HubSpot, you know, all the, all scrambling, all contacting each other, what can we do? Because uh, Yahoo had bounced so many emails that was all their emails were bouncing back because all the, all the inboxes were falling, filling up. So we kind of had a panic because we were heavily into email marketing at this point at the size of our list. And, um, you know, one thing, um, you know, I did a lot of reading, like, you know, what changed? How can we approach that? One well, thing hold I- Hold on a
0: second, let me just yeah. dive in real quick. So- what like Yahoo just like changed the rules of the game?
1: So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, so big, big email senders were were yeah. ending up with so many bounces that it was just, everything was bouncing back. And, uh, wow. we, we even had emails of people emailing us landing in our own spam folder. So people replying to emails from emails that we sent landing in our spam folder and it wasn't something we were checking daily. So I'd even recommend checking your spam folder because Check things, your
0: spam. Folder. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, not something I'd ever experienced in my life where we send out a promotional email, somebody replies to it with positive responses, even, and it lands in our spam folder. Um, yeah. So, so even if you're using some sort of service, you know, um, to send your emails through, I'd go back to your original, you know, whether you're using, you know, um, G suite or whatever it might be yeah. and checking your spam folder there and just make sure you're not, cause that's money, right? People replying to your emails, wanting to do business with you. So all kinds of funky
0: stuff I had never experienced was happening, um, to our email. Um, you got me all, got me all in. Um, yeah. Like <laughs> that spam folder is the dark jungle, but you yeah. Know, um, so I just got in the habit yeah. of checking all my spam folders almost daily, just
1: taking a quick peek and making sure we didn't miss anything. Um, and yeah, I can see that over there
0: now, right? You're looking at your spam folder right now as we talk, aren't uh, you? Yeah, and you can see me just like not paying attention to you at all Yeah,
1: anymore.
0: Yeah, <laughs> God. yeah. So, I'm like chasing a little light on the wall like a
1: cat. <laughs> yeah, so at that time, you know, what I always think is, you know, um, I may know a lot and I might have done a lot, but I, I'm not the best. So I actually, you know, contacted a, a deliverability expert and got, got his opinion um, and that just, Got me jump started on this wide world of um, needing to learn more and more about deliverability um, as the rules have changed. uh, Because there's always someone paying closer attention to to it than you are. Um, And so we've learned a lot since then and and changed a lot of things. And um,
0: I'd love to share some of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll get out of my my spam box here (laughs) because there's some uh, people offering me some pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) All right. right. Uh, So yeah, so you did all this research and you hired some wizards. I mean, it's always good to do that right yeah you know, we're always we're experts in certain things but i love the idea of just hiring someone who's just a pro at a, like a specialist you know
1: right yeah and i mean and even myself i you know you want to learn from those people and not just hire them to do things you want to learn and grow yourself so you can understand what's going on and right um so for so long so i start off by busting the myth like it's not about the size of the list um it's what you do with it and yeah. you know we kind of change our mentality from you know, at the end of the day, I just want to know how many total opens I have. Like, so an open percentage is great. Right. And click through is great. And you want to watch that number, but let's say you, we decided, you know, we need to sunset our leads a little sooner. Um, meaning we're not going to email them past, you know, industry standards been six months. You know, we were kind of at the eight months given that the industry we're in people kind of linger for a while. So we put a hard line at six and then even sunsetting some leads as early as three or four months, because now what's happening is you just don't want all that negative impact on your IP, um, on your domain, um, you know, of people not opening your email. So that game really changed the way Google is looking at it. And so we looked at it, geez, we're going to email less people. So obviously our, our open rate may be better, but what we want to really look for is total opens. So, you know, um, we want to increase our total opens. Because if I email 10 people, right, and and eight of them open, and those 10 people are really hot leads, I know I can get an 80% open rate, which is unheard of, but let's just use that fictional. Sure. So 80% is great, but I only reached eight people. So now if we're talking about Mm -hmm. 10,000 people, I want, you know, if I have a 50% open rate, well, that's 5,000 opens. So that was one mentality shift I really had to make is, I want to watch my total opens, not just the open rate, and increase that total open amount.
0: Tell uh, me more about that, because I yeah. kind of got lost in that. Sorry,
1: I want to yeah, look no. At percent.
0: No, 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 it's not. You. I get
1: excited to start geeking out. Me, I, going I've through only had mind,
0: like a third but... of this coffee so far. Yeah, yeah, uh, same. Yeah, and an early morning workout, so I'm complete rubbish in my brain right now. But okay, so uh, the percentage versus the total opens. You previously had you just looked at percentage.
1: Um, mostly, uh, because we, we really weren't changing the amount of people we emailed. So when we, wow. when, you know, I started to panic, like, geez, I don't want to stop emailing these people cause they might buy that. That does happen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Someone doesn't open your email for who knows how long totally. Maybe it was ending in the promotion folder and they finally opened their promote. I know me, like my personal Gmail, I don't really look through my promotions folder ever unless like just one day I ran and, oh let's see what's happening over here yeah and yeah. they're finally like, Oh man, I wish I was seeing these emails. Right. And you move them on over. So, you know, always in my mind, it's like, well, we want to kind of keep emailing those people, even if it's once a month. And that may be true. But when all this happened, I said, you know, we just need to deliver better. We need to have a better, um, better domain reputation. And let's just sunset people a little earlier, which is kind of disheartening, right? If you have a list of half a million, and you're consistently emailing them every month. Now you're like, Oh, this month, let's only email 350. You, you, that's a tough decision to make. But you know, you have to, you, you have to focus on increasing the amount of opens for the people that want to do business with you. The people, oh, isn't it. that the worst when you get an email back? Like, Oh my gosh, I wish I saw this sooner. You've been in my spam folder for the last three months. Like that is the worst feeling. Right. So right. how do we fix that? And, uh, I wish I had all the perfect solutions, but, um, you know, we're going to try everything we could to make sure that wasn't happening.
0: Got it. So yeah. was part of the logic then the people that didn't open you you were less interested in just continuing to blast them. You were more interested in the people that did open. And you, did you start like segmenting in different ways so that the opens would go into like the active group and the folks who aren't opening? You're like, you're going to sunset them sooner.
1: Sure. Yeah, exactly. And you know, for, for, you know, for the last five, six years, probably we've been segmenting based on lead source, right? Cause I think we talked about that last podcast, like making sure your message is consistent. So they remember, you remember where they came from. I met you at a trade show. I met you here. Uh, you know, uh, you came through my Facebook ad, whatever. And, and, and studying those different segments. Um, but now we are taking those segments and splitting them up even more and sending them, you know, so I might have Facebook, but then I Facebook, you know, um, engaged with us in the last month, engaged three months ago, engaged six months ago, engaged never, you know, and really breaking out uh, email sequences based on not just lead source, but also engagement. And how, when was yeah. the last time they engaged with us? Um, and then of course, if they engage, they're gonna go right back into a, a more rapid sequence that acknowledges the fact they have engaged, right? I think we talked about that too, right? Like acknowledging what they're doing in your funnel, you know, and so the same could be said for email. I mean, you could be as blunt as saying, "Hey, I, I noticed you opened my last email, but but didn't take X action. You know, right. what can I do
0: to help you? You know, um, right. move forward or whatnot." Um, I think I'm getting it right. So you, yeah, so it's no longer just blast away and try to keep that overall percentage up because you could get smarter about it, and this expert advised you, and and it's like, okay, if you're not engaging, you go in this other group, and we're going to treat you differently. Um, maybe it, I, do you do like a wake up thing where it's like, okay, these people aren't even alive. Let's see if they are. Let's try to shock them in their system with a crazy subject or something.
1: Yeah. We used to do one. Uh, it didn't work as well as I thought, but somebody no? said to me once and then we used to do this. Have you been abducted by aliens? subject line? <laughs> and, really? Uh, yeah. We get some really cool, at least engagement, like some laughs. Um, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, we, we'd call that a re-engagement campaign. If it's someone that we've, t- um, you know, sent SMS with in the past, Um, you know, maybe we'll send them an SMS, you know, we'll send them a text message, say, Hey, I noticed you haven't opened any of my emails. Are you still interested? And then, um, you know, Oh, so not to diverge too much, but that was another part of our, you know, kind of new strategy. We had, we had always done it, but I changed the wording. So whenever someone opts in through a web form, any, anywhere where I'm also collecting their phone number, I'm going to send them a text message right away that says, Hey, I sent you an email. Um, With information about X, you know, let me know if you have questions. I don't give them the information in the text message because I want them to go find that email and engage with it because that tells the email, you know, that tells Gmail, it tells Google, hey, this person's interested in receiving emails from Keith. So let let me continue to... um, make sure those end up in his inbox. So we want them to go and fish for that email. So pull it out of their junk folder. We will even say that like it may have landed in your spam folder, you know, go in, pull it out, drop it in your primary box and let's continue this conversation. Hmm. Um, And then we'll send another text like that about a week later um, with the new, Hey, I sent you information following up about, x you know um yeah did you see my email and they say no i say hey go back that's when now someone takes over says no it's in you may have been in your spam folder i'll resend it but maybe you want to go find it and right so you know we're getting people to go and find that email and pull it out you know to let gmail know hey we're having a real conversation here please stop sending us oh that hell and that helps your. Or yeah, yeah, stop incorrect. sending it to promotions. You don't want to be in promotions either, right? Yeah. So.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, you're calling their attention to the inbox so you can kind of win that back. That's yeah, cool. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Did you hear the episode with uh, Rachel Allen? I did not, no. Um, Let me write that down. Yeah, um, Allen Edwin Holmes. Um, no, it's not Rachel. It's Rachel White. <laughs> right. It's Allen Edwin Holmes. Um, okay. Uh, definitely got to check that one out. I'll introduce you guys. Uh, yeah, so for sure. You guys sound like your marketing like cousins or (laughs) spiritual friends here because um, what they do at Alan Edwin is they will apparently hit you up a hundred times within the first month of when they first find you and they're gonna try it on like multiple different channels Um, and I was like a hundred was it a hundred or was a thousand I don't know it's, that's a casey zero either way it's a lot <laughs> and in in so but i was like really yeah th- they're gonna get phone calls they're gonna get texts they're gonna get emails they're gonna get web chat they're gonna get direct mail and whichever one they want to engage with they can and they'll just follow the pattern that way but uh, for sure yeah, yeah. I'll definitely definitely check her out and and um i'll connect to you guys it was it was kind of a cool episode all right awesome I love I love the combination of different mediums, especially if Google and Yahoo are making things difficult for us. Um, you, know, you mentioned earlier the re-engagement campaign didn't work out as well for you as you thought. Any any commentary on that?
1: Well, so we'll we'll do a closer re-engagement campaign, right? Like, so you know, like I said, that week later, we want to make sure that they're engaging. But yeah you know, look, it's always worth doing a re-engagement campaign if you get one person back. But yeah, at the end of the day, there's probably some serious reasons why they haven't engaged, with you. but you want to, you know, a phone call, right. you want to try everything you can, you know, but if it's been six months and they just aren't engaging, they're probably not interested and you're ruining your reputation. So right. why do that? Cause now you're, you're ruining the chances of landing in front of the people that do want to hear from you. Um, and look, yeah. it's a hard leap to make, you know, there used to be, um, I think it was Ezra Firestone. I heard one say, "Like, just keep emailing them until they tell you they don't want to hear from you anymore." And that was that was you know a very industry, you know, wide standard of like email them until they say opt out and make it easy for them to opt out. Right? That's always what we want to do: make it easy for them to opt out. So when they want to opt out, they can, and that's it. But it just doesn't work that way anymore. If you keep emailing them and they're not opening, um, they're gonna they could mark you spam too. But you know, Gmail, Google will see like they're not opening so this is not good and they see that enough now your reputation with them gets hurt and you can watch all this with uh google has a really great postmasters tools just Mm. you attach it to your dns and you can watch your reputation um which isn't everything right because it's also you want to watch your spam rate and like you might have a low reputation but you know you you have a low spam rate and you have a lot of other good things going for you but it's good to watch these things um
0: Right. Right. Postmaster tools. We'll definitely check that out. That's a cool tip. I would heard of webmaster tools. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense too.
1: So this is Google postmasters. They're specific. And I know for us, I think 53% of our leads are all in Gmail. Um, so, and that's probably true for almost everybody these days. More than half your leads are, are,
0: Gmail leads. So either Gmail or, you know, Google suite or what? Yeah,
1: right, right. So yeah, exactly. Well, it all falls under that same category. Yeah. It's a Google email address, you know, and then the rest of your 50% is all divided up between whatever, either, mm-hmm. you know, um, roll emails, you know, business emails, Yahoo, Hotmail, AOL, Comcast is awful. That's where you're going to find spam
0: traps. Yeah. yeah. So, Outlook. um, yeah. Huh. Exactly. You know, you mentioned Ezra Firestone saying just blast them till they turn blue. Grant Cardone had said that same thing in a conference right. one time. and It was kind of like an eye roll from the whole marketing audience because you just knew it's like, okay, that's why we don't let sales play with, <laughs> with email. And so yeah, yeah. when there are tools that allow sales to blast out email, it's like, well, we want to limit their ability to send quantity because that's just not it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and now it's, I mean, it's probably a good thing to see that Google's shutting down on that. When I was checking that spam earlier, um, I don't know what you said, but I was checking my spam at the time. And uh, <laughs> I, I saw this one email series where someone had emailed me six times, but it was like spam, like check it in. You still there? I still haven't heard from you. you still hadn't. I'm like, I'm glad that didn't yeah, ever yeah. see the light of day. That's six emails. And to your point, Google might as well stick up for itself and it, and see like, okay, we're spending all this time segmenting these emails off. They're definitely not getting read. And we see that across a million users let's start deducting points from this guy and they're going to get less and less through you automatically
1: know, and checking my own spam folder. Like I've seen that like, even if like, let's say there's something you see every I, I'm guilty of this, right? I'll get yeah. an email from a certain conference or somebody I follow and I just, you know, I don't read them every day. I just don't have time, but I, uh, I'm right. the kind of neurotic person. I like my inbox to be clean. So I just either, you know, I mark it red or I just delete, 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 delete. And then when I'm checking my spam folder, I'm like, oh man, I didn't want this guy's to go to my spam. I might want to read it someday. So then uh, I'll pull it out. So you can see that magic happening. The longer you start to ignore emails from somebody, they'll end up in your spam folder, even if you didn't want them to, you know? Really? And stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's a good so, tip. So like, you know, that's another reason I check my own spam folder. Um, so one other point I wanted to mention before I totally forgot cause I didn't even write in my notes, but something you said made me think of it is, uh, definitely clean your list, scrub your, clean your list, scrub your list. I've now twice, and now we do it all the time with every lead coming in. We use, um, we use a program called clean 13. You can set up automation with their API or you can upload your list and they'll pull out, I think it's like nine different categories. So they'll pull out spam traps. They'll mm. pull out, you know, um, uh people that uh, you know, are marked as complainers, like they often, you know, mm-hmm. mark things spam. They'll verify email addresses. Those are your good ones. They'll mark roll roll email. So like a roll email would be like, you know, um Keith at sales dot com or whatever or sales at Keith dot com, mm-hmm. right? So those, you know, you just don't know because that can change hands and go to somebody else. So one person opted in, they leave their job. The next person inherits that email. Right. So, so it breaks all these down. So not only do we segment into engagement, but in some cases on our larger segments, we'll, we'll segment into like, uh, you know, verified email addresses, roll email addresses. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, so there's some of those categories that we want to email because you know, we feel it's a real email address, but we want to be careful with, whereas like a verified engaged, it's a verified email, you know, so I highly recommend cleaning your list. And okay. even if you don't do it with every lead that comes through, which we do, um, I'd recommend doing it, you know, at least every three, three to four months, just running a general scrub on your whole list. So.
0: Right. To really protect yourself from. Yeah emailing people that are just gonna the complainers that I mean I think you mentioned that at coffee the other day and that's what kind of stirred mm-hmm. on we got to get on this on the air uh, yeah. it's because uh, yeah if you if you don't take a chance on the people that are most likely to flag spam that's me by the way it's almost like a marketing thing when I get really atrocious spam uh, I'm just like I need to punish them I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm the, it's not fair I'm to a, me the <laughs> spam judge right I'm like yeah, no, yeah. You, you are bad and I and I punish it. Um, but if it's yeah. really good, hey, right, we'll keep it. We'll learn from it. But usually it's like punish, punish, punish. So I would probably show up on that complainer list. I yeah. hope I would. I hope I earn a place there. Well, and
1: simple things like incomplete email addresses, right? Like, you know, yeah. I, how many times am I typing and I type something out wrong? You know, so you want to make sure that whatever service you're using is finding those. And if they're not, um, you know, you might want to plug something in like Clean13 where they do a .con or a .co, you know, where they someone types their email address in wrong, that's going to
0: negatively, cause that's going to bounce and they're benefits. watching your bounces. Yeah.
1: Your bounces hurt your reputation as well. So.
0: Absolutely. And those of, yeah. those of us listening on, they're on Pardot. If you do a bad job of bounces um, or a bad job of spam complaints, like the the mothership will call yeah. you uh, <laughs> they will reach out and say, how did you acquire these? And they'll, they'll throw some random prospects at you and be like, okay, Spam cops are here. <laughs> what what are you doing? Yeah, and <laughs> you, you don't want that phone call. You
1: know? No, no, especially you spend all that time getting your account set up. The last thing you want to do is have them shut down your emails for. a yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I've had someone that wanted to come on to Pardot, and we we're talking to him about migrating him on there uh, because HubSpot was kicking him off for yeah. spamming. Like, yeah, well, yeah. what do you think is going to happen when you come over to here at Parda? Like, they're not just going to let you do the same thing you did there. Right, right. You'll call someone in another country. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you have a rogue black email server or something. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy.
1: So, I mean, look, and it, uh, you know, you can't, I used to kind of tease, you know, uh, or in my mind, at least older people are like, well, this used to work for me. I don't understand why it doesn't work anymore. Look, and, and marketing changes, right? So you can't just keep doing what you were doing and expect the same results. So you have to keep up. There was a time, right? Like probably yeah, 15 yep. years ago, you got yourself a constant contact account or, and you just sent, you know, hundreds of thousands of emails and it worked out for you, you know, for a while until you got blacklisted. And yeah, it just, it happens so much quicker now. Um, you know, one, you know, it, it even, so you got to look at subject lines. We didn't even get to that content of your email. And, and so just, you can, just the reputation of a single email you send. Right. So if you're sending like automated emails, you can harm the re- reputation of that one specific email you're sending. Um, it's that specific these days. It's not just, really? yeah. So um, uh, I think it's HubSpot. has a great list of, um, if you Google, they have a great list of spam trigger words mm-hmm. um, and it's even separated out by industry. Now I sent this to like my marketing manager once I'm like, check this out when you're writing the next email. And she's like, I don't know if I could use any words in the email with this list they sent you, but um, you know, kind of things we always knew, but this is a pretty good comprehensive list. And um, you know, so you want to train the, you know, the ESPs like that this is a good email. So a lot of times what we do is if I have a really well copywritten email, I'm going to send it to my most engaged uh, emails first and let them engage with it. And then I'm going to send to my, you know, kind of next coldest you know segment after like a day later because now the ESPs have already saw this email and said this is a good email people open this I want to make sure this delivers seriously yeah so that actually is a theory and I believe it's a good working theory and it doesn't hurt um you know so whereas if I'd sent that same email to all you know the whole segment all at once i'm going to get a mixed bag of bounces of interesting yeah so you want to send your emails to your most engaged emails first put a timer on that bad boy and get the next segment sent out a day later or a few hours later even
0: right. where
1: you know again google will see it and be like oh this email gets a lot of engagement this this is a solid email let's make sure we deliver this through um so there's so much you know i think ai and thought that goes into how they want to deliver emails these days because email you know, it's turned, I think Google, Yahoo has looked at it and said emails turned into this just like, remember our mailboxes 20 years ago, physical mailboxes where you pull out all this junk mail and you just yeah. didn't even look at your mail. Well, email's kind of turned into that and they're trying to keep email a viable source of communication. So there's a lot of thought on their end to, to this. So we got to, we got to think like them, you know, what, what's going to look like a real personal
0: email um, right. that's going to get delivered. Yeah. You mentioned the HubSpot list um, and I, I looked and I wonder I didn't see the sources yet, but I wondered. Uh, I'd seen one from this group called Snovio. Um, S-N-O-V-I-O. I'm not sure if it's like .io. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, they had this like 500 spam trigger words thing. And I actually read it one day uh, just because that's what we do. We do weird, goofy things in marketing, right? Yeah, and, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and nothing better to do. <laughs> so I, I didn't read word for word, but I kind of just skimmed, scanned the whole thing and it's actually very interesting like i kind of recommend people do that just to see the variety of words that you may or may not be using um, and and then it's kind of like to your point like you you can accidentally unintentionally look like you're one of those bad people something like 45% of all emails are spam right so it's like sure, you can yeah. very easily look like spam just from a few careless actions, and you know one of the things that always stood out to me from that list was um, the unintended metaphors right where we get kind of creative in marketing and you know we're like hey you know you know is your is your lead generation broken it, do you have a broken bone you know do, are you, is you are your lead generation's ill you know or, or are you sick i've got the medicine that will help you <laughs> yeah, right? yeah and then like using this metaphor like a like a medical metaphor because it's clever but then that you know using like pretending to be medical suddenly now you look like all the emails offering blue pills and green pills and orange pills from your words and, and so i was like okay don't role play medical or finance yes those are the two that most people are getting spam on those regards. So you'll inadvertently look like those kind of, uh, you know, bad players in the, out in the internet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, that's a really great point. I would have never thought of that. Yeah. You, know, you think like, you're being clever. Like, yeah. like, Oh yeah. Yeah. My emails are sick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You would think that would get a great open rate right? and you'd be all excited about it. And then it just lands in everybody's spam folder. So
0: there's yeah. some Marketo partner called lead MD and they're all, they're doctors. And sometimes they'll wear these, lab coats around conferences. Kind of annoying. Sorry, lead in date. Uh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of it's like, oh God. Or CRM science and they'll wear these things. But you gotta wonder like are half their email campaigns going to spam just because they're 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 playing along with their own medical motif for the whole right, company. Right. You know, their website and everything they're linking to. it get get healed. Get well soon, you know? Um it'd be fun, but then you don't realize behind the scenes Google's like, oh that. It's just like, oh, that looks like spam.
1: So I always think, you know, we talked about this last time, you know, the best way to write an email for the most part, sit down and write it as if you were writing it. Like I'm not a great copywriter. I'll be the first to say that. I'm not even good at writing or spelling any of those things. So I use a lot of spell check, but like, I just sit down and write it like I was writing it to a friend or a colleague or, and that's, what's going to deliver. And that's what people want to read. You know, um, they don't want to read a sales pitch. Um, right. And, and, uh, you know, in fact, like you should just keep your email brief. The goal is to get them to your website. Let them get all their information on your website, not not from this email you're sending. Some people just treat their email like a landing page and, and uh, yeah. you know, there are some truths to that, right? Google will also watch like how long someone spends on an email, you yeah. know, if they click on it. Yeah. So that's why you see a lot of people doing like double or double and a half spacing these days is, you know, you want people, no. especially if you think about mobile, I left my phone in another room so I will not get distracted, but like you want people like scrolling through your email, you know? Um, so what? yeah. So they watch that. They watch like do people pause. Are they reading it? How long is the email open for? Do they it important? You know, all those things. So think about yourself. Like if you got an email you really wanted to read, you would spend some time looking through it. Right. If you, if you could, if you had the time. Yeah. Um, so, so they watch that. They watch the amount of time people are scrolling, you know, especially on mobile. Right. And, um, and clicks and, um, there's just all these details about emails. You got to think through um, no amount of URLs you have. Do the URLs match your sender URL? Yeah. Um, you know, how many hyperlinks do you have? Um, you know, all those things, you know, um,
0: you know, I feel like, um, I don't know if you've had this experience. Yeah. I don't know if you have like a PlayStation or one of those like game systems. At home? Sure. Yeah. I have a PlayStation. So, oh yeah. That's the way to go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, PS4. Uh, but like, you try to play one of those new games or like when like some kid comes to show it to you or you just get like the latest version. Like I remember like even Madden, the football game, I remember playing like the old school one and you're like, yeah, I c- you can handle it. But then now it's like, okay, you've got two sticks, you've got all the keys and you've got triggers. Yeah. And when you're a receiver, it's a totally different control panel, like control set. When you're a runner, when you're this, it is all constantly changing. And I felt like, oh man, this is one of those times where you're either gonna be like I'm old I can't handle this <laughs> like mold my brain to adopt it I'm realizing in the old days you're right like you just sent the email you didn't worry about all these little things maybe you did for right. SEO for web pages but now that Google's looking at our inboxes and they're, they're making it better for us all those spam I didn't get but now we got to think that extra layer of things about our emails
1: you just said perfect. I I'd never heard it put this way. Maybe you can have SEO for emails. I mean, that's really what it is. It's oh, like, yeah, it's <laughs> trademarked it, quick. Yeah, yeah, it's like SEO for emails. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All that effort and time we put in SEO, we should put into our emails as well. MEO, mailbox. MEO, what is it? Mailbox M-E-O. engagement optimization.
0: Yeah, we go. Or we We're could inventing that. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Con, we'll have a con. M-E-O's yeah. <laughs> con, we'll a con. And <laughs> if you're out there and you listen to this, hey, free idea. Just, invite both of us and give us yeah yeah (laughs) don't charge us for the tickets because we invented it (laughs) um yeah you know what else i found from that that list was like free free will like cost you you know it was like the takeaway i had anytime you're like oh this free that free the thing is like we assume a lot of this especially in the b2b world or even a lot of the the marketing we assume most things are free like a webinar, like you don't need to say a free webinar because good point. I can't remember the last time I paid for a webinar, or if what I ever would. So why say free? All you're doing is now looking like one of those other guys or gals that are sending out, oh, get your free thing here, and they actually are scammers. You know, just yeah. leaving off that word, leaving off the cost if it's not really a conversation.
1: That's a good point because most of our lead magnets are these, you know. Giving away free, whatever. A giveaway yeah. is another word. You really can't use giveaway. Yeah. Like, there's just so many. You know, you could try to use synonyms for free, and it's not going to help you. So that's a good point. Yeah. Obviously, a webinars free. I mean, people charge for webinars, but you could say like, I think I found like on us. Well, that wouldn't work for a webinar. Well, but you know, you know, what
0: I'm saying is like default yeah. is it's not a charge. So if it is yeah, a charge, right, right. you should say it. But if that's it's right. Not, then yeah, yeah. But like a white paper, or like a PDF or a download or something, you know, free. Free case study. Well, they probably should be free, <laughs> yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. I'm not paying for a case study. Yeah. Right. That's like good.
0: The now the now is like the free and the now of like, do this now. And I think we're all trying to make a sense of urgency, but it can be, it can be troubling because sometimes those, you know, the, the email spammers out there are also the ones saying like, click this now. How do you use now? Do you use like time sensitive things in your emails?
1: Uh, we do uh, a lot of our sales happen for the month, but we don't use the word now. We say by the end of the month, and I, yeah. I think that that's fine. Um, yeah, or, I think so too. Or yeah. by a specific date, so you can use merge fields. So, like you know, we'll say by you know the thirty-first of X month, the thirtieth of it. You know, I, I mean, again, that's real. Whereas, like, I think consumers are smart enough too that if you're using a very generic now or <laughs> this week or something, that that you're like, okay, is this real? But when you use a specific date and a time um, you know, by midnight on, you know, December 31st, you know, take some time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We're all into automation here. Right. But you can't let automation do everything. You got to sit down and keep your content fresh. You can't just set and forget it. Sort of another myth, right? It's something we all wanted to do, but there are some, you got to get in there and keep your content fresh. I I think monthly, you know, even if it's just fine tuning things. So, yeah. Um, that's not my say on top of Yeah. You know, yeah. Words like click free, um, a hundred percent. Like I was looking through that list like this before we came on here and I'm yeah. like, Oh, there's so many, I got to go through this again cause I'm sure I use that word somewhere. So, you know, um, yeah,
0: it's your point. I mean, just write emails. I mean, you were saying that you weren't yeah. good at copywriting, but you know, probably the people that think they're good at it are really bad because right. you just, if you're just writing a note to another person and let's say it, it's terrible, but it sounds authentic. That'll probably get a lot more, results like that email you shared last time a lot more results with just a personal imperfect email than like the most pretty shined up marketing email
1: yeah yeah absolutely um again yeah maybe we talked about this before but like images in your emails like sure like you know i work for a photography company we want to put great images in our emails but not if it's going to land me in spam i want to get them to the website where the beautiful images are right so you know so yeah you just you know you gotta put any uh, from, well, we mix it up. You know, if I know I'm getting good engagement, let's, let's throw, cause again, if you're getting good engagement, you can almost, I don't want to say send them anything, but those people engaging, you're going to probably end up in their inbox because right. if I send you a personal email today, Casey, with like a bunch of pictures of my family, it's not going to go to your spam folder because right. you and I have emailed back and forth and. Google says, well, these guys are having a conversation. Let's continue that. So, right. you know, so you got to just think of it like that. But if, it, if it's a cold email to a cold lead that hasn't responded to you in a month, like that's really where you want to use that eight word email to re-engage again. Although I have rethought my eight word email since you and I last talked. Yeah, where, what's your update? Well, just that I, I've read this a few times that, and again, I don't know if it's true, but I hear people saying it, that you want people to spend more time on your email. So if it's just uh, one sentence, you know, I think, you know, email service providers have gotten kind of hip to the fact that some people are sending these like eight word type emails and that that's not necessarily absolutely a real email. So, you know, instead of maybe one sentence, let's, let's add a second or third sentence and space it out a little bit and, and get them to spend more time on that rather than opening it up and saying no and closing it. So yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of toying with it right now, split testing it, um, to yeah. see see if that makes any difference, but, um, just something to keep in mind that, Again, the amount of time they spend with your email open um, may matter as well hmm. from what I understand versus just like a quick open, look at it and close it. Like that's not going to get the same feedback as taking the time to sit and read through an email, you know, spending an, e- an a minute with it open versus 10 seconds, you know. Right.
0: But doesn't that seem like, like old school SEO or yeah. where like I remember Google Analytics, like time on page. Right. Like yeah. Obsessed over time on page, but then. And this was a metric, if, you, if you're listening, if you're not familiar, it just said how long someone spent on a, any given page. And you would see aggregates of like, oh, most people spend the most on this page. But there were all these, these underlying what ifs. Like, what if they're just lost? Or what if they just can't find what they're looking for? Or they got bored and now they're, they're on a different tab.
1: Or on the other side... Yeah, or on the other hand, your page did what it was supposed to do and got them to take action and move to the next page. Right? Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, Why should I be punished for that? They
0: clicked checkout and they went to the next page. (laughs) Yeah, it was actually the most efficient page ever. Yeah, (laughs) but no, no, we got to increase time on page. So those metrics always kind of like ticked me off. But it's interesting. I wonder if you know we're sort of in this juvenile stage with email where we're kind of going through the same motions because you know if you sent me an email saying. Or like, if, you know, we texted earlier because the snow delay, you know, if I sent you an email being like, hey, you know, let's push that start time of the podcast back by 15. You cool with that? And you're like, okay, hey. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's like real conversation. Sure. Um, sure. So yeah, but I'm sure that's why I'm split
1: is, testing it. I mean, I've read yeah. this two times and I'm like, you know, it does make sense. You know, in theory, it makes sense, right? They want you yeah. to prove you're reading the email, not just like, you know, some, email programs, you can just, you're swiping through them, right? Like, yeah. and you're like, okay, this isn't interesting to me. So they see that quick two second swipe through your email as like lack of interest. So it makes sense to me to say like, okay, they stopped and read this email, but right. who knows how long that metric is. You know, they're changing their metrics monthly now, I think to really make sure that email is not a dying service, which is good for us, right? right. It might make us look at what we're doing and change it. Um, but that's a good thing. We want our emails to get delivered and not be stuck with all those uh, fake medical pill emails. And we, yeah. we want our we want to be in the inbox and we want the real spammers and spam. So we have to be appreciative of what they're doing, but we have to be mindful of it.
0: Right. Know? Right. And I think, you know, back to as long as you're sending something of value, it's yeah. actually going to be helpful to the person receiving it, you know, eventually that's how it is with seo in my opinion right seo now is just like write good content you know that's helping people out and they're gonna it's gonna show up more and more and more right you can try to spam it you can try to but like the days are numbered of being a link farm or anything like that it's just like write good stuff be helpful that's right be a centerpiece yeah sweet man you know you mentioned earlier the um the email subscriptions and it sounds like maybe you do you get some do you um are there any ones you, you like to subscribe to?
1: Um, geez, you really put me on the spot. On the spot um, yeah. not really. I mean, I try to, you know, I follow digital marketer a lot. They have a lot of good content. Okay. Um, so, and I'm always amazed. Actually, I see their subject lines and I'm like, how did this get in my inbox? So you know, that gets me, I just like to, you know, I follow a lot of different people. Um, uh, digital Marketer is probably my favorite. They spend a lot of time on this and, uh, like I said, there's things that I would think would land a spam box that they're landing to you obviously based on the fact like I'm opening their emails, reading it and like, yeah, but I think that's a great thing. I saw somebody say on black Friday, do you want to see how your emails will, or cyber Monday, let's say in our case, right. You know, which emails just look at, I mean, last year's not always a good, but you could look at what you've gotten this year so far. Just put search cyber Monday and see who landed in your inbox and what did they write? You know, you know, you could always learn from what other people are doing. So um, I may not always take the time to read all the emails from things I subscribe to. Um, but I will, uh, at least like have them there and take a quick look and I'm like, Oh, that's a good subject line. And I write it down or forward it to myself or put it somewhere where yeah. I could take it from. But, um, yeah, I, I like digital marketer. They're, they're a good one. Um, good one? A I think lot I of think great
0: there spam. Yeah. yeah.
1: They're always selling. That's the thing. But if yeah. you look at their actual content, they're always landing in my inbox. So,
0: you know, Yeah, interesting. So yeah that's a good point even note notice like it, for people listening like just notice what gets in your inbox maybe today yeah you know? just start noticing what gets in what shows up in what tab too and if you get a promotion it ends up in your you just your straight up regular inbox notice that you know like be more intentional pay more attention to where emails are landing which ones are landing where and check out that spam box for sure um, have you heard of a guy named Ed, um, Nevermont? Oh, it sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be coming on here. We had to reschedule a couple times, but I got on his, um, his email list and I pretty much, um, uh, I'm not a fan of anyone else's email list because they're usually, I mean, I get it. I, I, I don't think I'll, I'll ever offer one. Like what I'll do probably is like a private video list, you know, for people just cause I like doing that. And, but, but to take the time to put like really good content down, um, there's a lot of people, and one I, I would subscribe to for you know months, and I never read it, never had the time to read it. And it's almost like you blame yourself, like, oh, one day I'll have time, archive, archive. And then I realized, no, I'm just adding like friction to my day. I need to sort of trim this stuff up. But Ed's, um, he's got this thing called Marketing BS. And um, I don't know. I've only been a subscriber for maybe a month but he takes the time. He puts images in here and videos and he attacks stuff that um, like he, he, he brought up the Peloton thing and he analyzed it. Oh, wow. he, and this one I'm looking at right now, he, he brought up um Elon's um, great unveiling of that cyber truck. Right.
1: Yeah. You heard about that? Yeah.
0: Yep. You know, the window like smash. They're like, Oh, this thing's indestructible and they smash <laughs> it. And then it's like, oh oops and there's like this big image of him looking at this truck with two smashes in it but uh but ed went on to describe it and be like ah, was that on purpose was that good was that bad but he really like breaks through the bs of like of uh, just you know the, the fluffy stuff and he really he puts time to write into this thing i don't I, I hope he gets business out of it because or whatever he's doing it for he's like a good writer um but but real quick what's your take on that elon thing do you think that was on purpose
1: I don't know. You would think so, right? You'd think you'd really know what he's doing.
0: But um, even if it wasn't, it got a lot of people talking about it, right? Yeah, that, that's I what mean, he was saying in the email. Was yeah. that like It got people talking. I don't think it was on purpose. Yeah, I, I think it's brilliant that if you're Elon Musk and you're so – I don't know. I'm not crazy, but like you're so out there and doing – Eccentric. Eccentric. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. That when shit does go wrong, people are like, Nah, you planned that, Elon. You're such yeah, a smart yeah. – you're a badass. And it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I planned that completely. <laughs> that's
1: what you, uh, you hear people talking about Bill Belichick. Like when things aren't going wrong for the Patriots, they're like, Oh, he's just doing on purpose. He doesn't want to show anything on tape till he gets to the playoffs. It's like the guy can mess up and he's a genius, you know? And it's like, that's right. what I felt about Elon Musk. It's like, you know, and you know, maybe just the humility of like, oops, this didn't work right. People like to see that too. Right. So right. yeah. Right. I mean, look, we're still talking
0: about it and it was like three weeks ago. Right. Yeah. So, well even more like Steve yeah. Jobs, I know he had, You know, iPhone unveilings and whatnot, where things go wrong. But he would do like the death stare at the technician, (laughs) (laughs) and and you know they'd be like fired the next day or something. Lay off the whole department. Like you're all gone. You couldn't do your job. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, you're right. They just still talking about a good PR. But yeah, check out Ed's uh, Ed's email thread, Um, and he'll be on here at some point when we get him on here. But yeah, it's called Marketing BS. Uh, Edward Nevermont, and maybe I'll have him tell me how to say his name. So. (laughs) <laughs> that. But yeah, it's that it's well, that one that I'm like, huh. He really tackles the things that um that you know, either they're too dangerous to tackle or just really gets to the heart of it. And I kind of appreciate that type of uh type of that. But still it's long. I don't know if I've ever read through the entire one, but I've definitely scanned it and been like, Oh, that's really interesting. You get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, you get that's something good. out of it. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Sweet man, anything else come to mind on the deliverability before we hop to the, uh, the other thing I would to ask you about? Um, not really. Just to
1: look at your content, make sure it's yeah. authentic, and and you know, um, let your website do the selling. Just email mm. you know, the you know you think about uh, calls to action. Your email has to have a single call to action, right? I mean, yeah. maybe you sneak a second one in that has some, you know, just in case. Well, they might not be interested in this, but that. But at the end of the day, you know, you're you should when you're writing an email, what's my call to action? Just like you would with a landing page, right? Yeah. And, and your, your call to action for your email is always to be to a landing page, you know, get them to a landing page and let the landing page do the selling for you. You know, don't try to cram everything into an email cause that's, that's going to hurt you too.
0: So yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Sold. Yeah. All right. Chat. <laughs> you guys use chat and there's this whole thing. Conversational marketing is the, word that's been allocated for it, but it's that resurgence of web chat and not just the old e-commerce days, but now I've seen it across B2B channels and B2C B2B a little bit in between. Are you using it? What do you think?
1: Oh yeah. So, I mean, we've been using live chat on our website, um, for quite a long time, about five years. And for the about the last three years, we've been very successful with, um, Uh, Facebook Messenger and integrating that into a service where you can, you know, set up campaigns and, but I will tell you for everybody watching this starting January 15th, Facebook just said that you'll no longer be able to send automated campaigns via Facebook Messenger. So you can only follow up in a single conversation with a bot or automation. So okay. so that's been very lucrative and the game's just changed on that. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so yeah, but, uh, you know, and we've recently re-looked at how we, you know, the world is kind of, um, you know, we've always been live chat, live chat, live chat, which means you have a real live person there having the conversation. And in about the last year, chat bots have become a big mm-hmm. thing. And um, and even to the point where I think consumers expect there to be a bot, you know, and not having to wait five minutes for a person, you know, and if you, right. you know, and um, uh, Drift is a really cool program. We don't use it, but I really, I respect those guys in the program they put together where it has a real, and what we've done is kind of, mirrored some of that where, you know, they start you off with a bot and Mm -hmm. they let you know it's a bot and like, this should be more efficient for you. Find what you need to find. And, but if you can't, we have real people here that want to talk to you. So that's sort of been our new direction that we've been going to because, you know, another thing as marketers, um, just like when you write an email, imagine you had 30 salespeople and they were all sending the emails, you know, themselves manually, all the different crazy answers and information you'd be giving people. Yeah. uh, so where you can use a bot, you, Casey, can, you have the best answers in your, well, you know, for the most part, have the best answers in your company, right? You I, I know you ones. have a lot of yeah, great people that ones. work for you. Yeah, yeah, right. Totally. Right. But you know what I mean, right? Like, if you could always be giving your customers the best, or your clients the best answers, that's what you would want to do. And a chatbot allows you to do that, where you can really refine what is my best answer, and and for the for for my client, and not be relying on a person that might be new or they just might not give the right answer. You know, there's so much up and down there. So that's where chatbots really come into play, and I think are not a negative. That you know, a lot of people you know, are kind of afraid of, Oh, I want to talk to a real person, but what if you could just get the real answer you wanted to in a conversational fashion Mm -hmm. quickly and efficiently and be giving the right information all the time, but then have a real person there to pick up when they can't answer that. And um, I think that's, that's really the key to uh, conversational marketing is that balance between bots and people um, having both available.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So. You know, because I've been kind of shady and salty on bots lately. Yeah. Uh, but you're right that there there is a benefit to it. There's an efficiency to it. Um, you can be rude to a bot and <laughs> just leave a website. Like yeah. The other day I was, I hopped on a site to get a price for uh, um, like this app. And just, I wanted to see like, oh, maybe it's something we can just add on to our marketing. And um, first there was a bot and I said, oh, I said, hello, bot and then it said hold on getting a human so i was like okay weird and then um human came on and i was like hey i'm just curious on the pricing and maybe i'm skipping to like comparison shopping now but i'm skipping from awareness right to like mid-stage buy like what it wasn't listed on the site too so i was like and they're like well there's different variables in the pricing okay and then my response was like okay that's so cool. what are the variables, <laughs> yeah. and can we get to a number in like five minutes <laughs> so I can just know what we're dealing with? Um, and eventually, we got to a number and it was kind of pricey, uh, but it was one of those things where I didn't want to be like, click, bounce out, peace. You know, I'm sure people don't don't care, but you know, it's when it's a person talking, you kind of want to be a little more polite. It's not; it's easier to say bye or just click than if you're on the phone, right? If you're on the yeah. phone. Okay, great. Have a great day. Have a great holidays. Okay, yeah, you too. All right, take care. Okay, take take, take care of bot. Right? It's this long, protracted yeah, thing. Yeah. Whereas in chat, you can just be like, "Hi, I need this answer." <laughs> you know, you could be a little more direct. So I see the efficiency there. But to your point, a bot maybe I just want to, you know, access the bot if it's built well to be able to get to that answer.
1: So the way we've approached the bots, you know, mostly with Facebook right now, um, and I'll tell you about our website after is, if if it can't find the specific answer to that, if we don't feel like if, if the, you know, the algorithm doesn't feel like it can give the good answer, it just automatically goes to a person. Like uh, and I'm hoping that a person's there. If a person's not there, I'll say, I don't have anybody available. Right. You know, you want to say yeah. that, right? We try to cover as many hours in the day as possible. So if it doesn't read like we're programming in specific sentences and the if and if uh, and then okay. and if it's not there, we, we, don't, we want to err on the side of let's send it to a real person and right. The conversation, <laughs> right? right? Um, on the website, we're sort of testing with like, you know, here's the top five questions. It has two buttons. You want to find the answer on yourself or do you want to talk to a person? So they can yeah. skip right to a person if they want to. Right. But I, what I've actually found, and this has only been in the last 90 days, is that, that when we tested this, like let's put the let's put the help docs right there in our chat along with, you know, letting them choose a person. Our actual engagement with our uh, help center has skyrocketed and the amount of chats have have decreased. And you could say maybe that's a good or bad thing, but we're giving people the option right away. Like, which one do you want to choose? And people are choosing to like, well, maybe I can find the answer on my own. Um, You know, look, People, they're saying people are very introverted these days and, and, you know, want to kind of find things on their own. And that's why they're going on your website instead of calling and talking to a person, you know, the whole big, scary millennial thing, don't want to deal with people, that thing. And there's some truth to that. Or if I'm, you know, you know, maybe you're at work and you don't, you can't carry on, but you can sit there and search and search. So Mm -hmm. We, we, on the website, we want to give them both options, like the bot or the person. And, um, what a lot of these different programs are doing too give you like multiple choice for your client. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like the old terrible phone thing. If you want to talk to sales, Mm -hmm. press one or whatever. It's, it's like that, except obviously it's very customized. Your question. Like mashing on the zero. Like, yeah, yeah. Me too.
0: Stop. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, in fact, I think I just did that with Comcast the other day Did you? Oh, just good luck on that one
0: Yeah, yeah Enter your account number, really? Because I don't know what my account number is
1: But um, but yeah, conversational marketing is great Um, If you can do it the right way Um, I think people don't want to be I think number one no-no is people don't want you to try to trick them Into thinking a bot's a real person Don't do that uh, I think at the beginning of the, the kind of wave of bots People are really saying, well, how can we make them think this is a real person? And that's just almost never going to work. And what's the point? So have some fun with it, you know, make a, yeah. hi, I'm the impact bot, you know, and I'm here right. you know, that kind of thing. And um, if you don't want to talk to me and you want to talk to a real person, click here. But if not, I'm fully capable of helping you and have some fun answers, some good, re- you know, it can take you hours and days to like keep writing all this. And um, one thing we watch too is what are all the questions that get asked that don't trigger a response? Cause now I'm going to go back and program yeah. those every day. Oh, this didn't get picked up. Why didn't this get picked up? All right. Well, if if someone asks this one random weird question ever again, which might never happen, right, take the time to write the answer to it because it could happen again. Why not? It right. takes me five minutes. So, right. Um, so just and keep people it. People feel on. like
0: they're heard if, like, oh yeah. wow, like you've you actually have heard this question so many times that you've sort of make this program happen.
1: Right. And this can help us, you know, and and again to speak to the positive of bots in your conversational marketing, it helps you scale and, and help people quicker. Um, rather than, you know, there's this one program, a lot of B2B people use called intercom. And it's awesome. It's a great program, but really the way it's designed is if you have a very mobile team and it says there's uh, five people on here and someone will get back to you in 15 minutes. It's like, I don't want that. If I'm using, what? Ch- it says it, that it says like 15 I, minutes, it'll tell you what their average, like reply time is just like it would on Facebook messenger. Oh, and like, you know, there's a lot of these B2B companies or it's, you know, it's just a couple of people working for the company. And it's like, well, why have to chat then just say, send me a message here and I'll wait <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. I'll wait for an email back in 10 minutes. Right. Like right. if I'm chatting, it's cause I want the answer now. now. So what we found is like either all my agents are busy cause it's peak time. Okay. Maybe hire another agent, but you know, or if it's the middle of the night and someone's on our website and they want an answer, well, let's, let's at least like guide them through if if we have nobody to speak to them. So um, that's where we've kind of
0: arrived at now is having that combination of real live conversations and bots, you know? Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It, you know, so I'm a big fan of this company called Qualified mm-hmm. and they, they're doing this, this sort of chat thing for um, like Pardot Salesforce. Um, and so I, and that's what, what I do obviously. Yes. So I'm like, let's talk. And um, And they had said that same phrase where it's like, you know, bots can't sell and humans can't scale. Let's kind of, it's the intersection of those two it's not like one or the other um you can't be waiting 15 minutes to talk to the human you can't be you know getting tricked into talking to bot and then being frustrated you need, you know the right people need to talk to the right human at the right time that kind of thing and so you're right like it only show the chat to the people that you want to show it to you know, and so and or if you're not available not ready show them the bot path it doesn't have the human path um, or just don't show it at all but yeah, you know, being really Mindful about what kind of experience people are going through.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and I think having different um, different paths for people to go down based on what they want is always, just like we talked about with other yeah. people. Want to email? They want to text? They want to read my postcard? I want to yeah. give them every avenue. The problem is, if you give them too many options, they can get confused. So you got to make sure yeah. it's very clear how they're going to find their information. Um, True. You know, and changing that message based on how they want to receive and communicate. So, so because for me, if I'm not if I'm not ready to buy, I might not want to talk to a person because I don't want to be sold. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah, where the yeah. help center comes. So what we've done with the chat, um, we actually use help scout. I really, really love it. And they, what they, what they do is they, it allows you to take your help center and put it into your chat so they can, you know, it's a searchable help center, but it's, it's embedded in your chat so they, they can type their question and then it will show them all the different article answers. So you could do that too. Like, Here's some great articles. And then my chat agents can also draw off the, that help center really easily. And um, again, have the best written answers for people. So if you just have a simple question and you're not really ready to buy yet, you might not want to, and you might be turned off by like, what do you mean I got to talk to a person? Like I had right. like some silly little subscription to a program that I barely ever used, but I was testing it out and I wanted to cancel it the other day. And, okay. and I went in my account to try to cancel it and they wouldn't let me do it. I physically had to talk to somebody on the phone to cancel my $10 a month And I was like, you guys got to be kidding me. Like it was the most, like, I I didn't mind the program. I probably would have referred them, but like that, just that experience kind of really turned me off from like, for my $10 month subscription, I had to talk to somebody on the phone. Is that even efficient for you? Yeah. Is that, is that, (laughs) you know, like, how do you make money? You like paying someone to talk to me, to try to talk me out of my $10 a month subscription. Like you're
0: paying for that person. And and that's supposed to, yeah. you know, decrease your churn somehow, but not in a good way. It's not fixing their oh. problem. It's just making it hard for them to leave. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole like gym canceling writing kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Give me a break. This is, you, know, I, you brought up a great point when you, like you've been chatting for five plus years, like, you know, just because it's kind of gotten in the forefront on the B2B worlds for me. Um, doesn't mean we haven't been doing it for a while. And for sure it's been going on. So it's another one of those places where I think it's important for marketers, especially as they adopt this and new territory, like B2B, those kind of chats to to take lessons from the other companies who've been chatting nonstop for a decade. You know, it's like, it's don't reinvent the wheel, learn from what they have done and they haven't done. And you know, I guess one question I have is who do you have doing the chatting? Do you need a special kind of person to chat?
1: Um, well, so it depends we have to break it out into sales and support. Um, and that gets kind of tricky on your website cause you have some pages that are geared towards sales and some that are geared towards support, you know, based depending on what your company is. And so we've really with chat, we've almost, you can transfer between agents, which is great, but I almost don't like it. I don't feel like yeah. it's good service. So we kind of had to pass around. Yeah, we had to cross train people to some degree, but you know, at some point, so yeah, I mean, look, the same people I find that are good on the phone, just good customer service, a customer support type people are also good on chat. You, yeah. you just want to give that same good, you know, personal experience of, uh, you know, interacting with a real person, right? If you're chatting that, that, that's what people want. They want to get their answers quickly. So they don't want to be told, hold on, I got to find a better answer for you. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but they also, you know, want to have that person to person experience too. So, um, that makes sense. I like to hop on the chat myself because it's also a great place to get a good barometer of what your people are looking for. You know, it's it's very easy to become disconnected if you're not having those like more, even low level conversations. When someone's on your site, you can realize, Oh wow, this page is confusing. If they couldn't find the answer, I thought it was right there, but this is the fifth person on this page that is asked, you know, what is your pricing when they're on your pricing page? And you might be like, Are <laughs> they kidding me. Like it's, you know, that kind of thing, you know, that kind of example. So, um,
0: yeah, it's like user, user data, you know, yeah. I think we, we avoid talking to our customers so much that even that can be helpful just to know what they're looking sure. for, where they're yeah, where they're yeah. confused. Um, I it kind of begs the question, do you, do you interview these people like on chat for a chat position?
1: I uh, no, that's a good idea though. Uh, uh, I make? guess maybe we do a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, I was saying, yeah, because sometimes we're, we're, we're messaging with them ahead of time to set up the interview. But, yeah, no, that's a great idea. Um, no, we never thought of that. Like, let's get on chat and have a ch- chat interview. Um, yeah,
0: because as I'm thinking about that, people can type. But I think back to my old AOL days when you were just building friendships with people on random chat rooms yeah, soccer yeah. or something. You know, there's the emoticons, doing a little smiley. Um, and you can kind of you can you can show your energy in a chat whether you're like pissed that you're there whether you're put out whether you're just basically it might as well be a robot because you're so unenergetic or you're like happy to answer their question you know and and can joke around and have fun and and i just i've always appreciated that when people are like hey you know i'm always like nice to them like whether they're in india or some other place doing the chat or like yeah yeah wherever i'm like hi you know smiley (laughs) face you know, brighten up your day, but yeah, to have that kind of an extra chat, you know, level that it just seems like so much more effective, more human. Yeah.
1: Right on. Um, that's such a good point. Like I, back in phone sales days, which we don't do much of anymore. It's, right. you, know, you got to have a smile on your face when you're on the phone. People can hear yeah. a smile. It's the same goes for chatting. So we do, you know, in weekly, you know, training slash meetings, we always talk about tone because tone can be misread so easily on chat or email Anything written out, tone could be misread these days, and you know the average, you know, twenty to thirty something has, you know, grown up on on the concept of messaging. You know, yeah. even even for us, right? Like back to the days of AOL. You know, our formative days are like, you know, everybody's texting, everybody. So you could get used to being short and talking with your buddies. Again, just like an email, I think your chat should be like, you know, kind of like talking to your. You got to be professional, but. Yep. Like you said, talking to a friend, we talk about, you know, dropping a smiley face at the end of a sentence just because read it and then read it again with the smiley face. Like, how did the tone change? Because it could come across one way or another, you know, based on adding a silly little emoji that, you know, some of us might roll our eyes at, but it really helps with the tone um, of the conversation when it comes to chat.
0: Because for like the younger of us that have sort of grown up around that, where maybe we we grew up expressing ourselves through there. I mean, even exclamation point of like, hello versus hello, you know, like there's like two different things. But if you just type hello, without that exclamation point or a smiley, I think monotone.
1: Yeah, my aunt will kill me if she's watching this because she's not old, but she's a little older than me. And she's like, I don't understand all these millennials in their emails. They're always using exclamation marks where they don't read uh. them. And I'm like, I'm like, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, that's me. Like, because, yeah, yeah. you're right. It just, Again, you know, she's like, you didn't need to send the exclamation mark. And I'm like, well, you know, I did. Like when I say hi with an exclamation, it's way different than just hi, you know, or hello. Or, you know, yeah, very good point. Like just, and I think we've, some of us have gotten so accustomed to it that you forget. And that's why, so speaking about staff, right? We'll go through on the meeting in front of everybody in a very, you know, I hate calling people out, but we do it in a very like positive way where we'll go through some real chats and be like, oh, here's a challenge somebody has. Does anybody have any recommendations or um you know and, and you usually with most chat programs you can get feedback from clients where they say this was a great chat this oh. was not a good chat or whatever oh. so we'll go through all the great ones love that we'll a couple bad ones and then a couple great ones and really look about how did this tone read how did that read and just reading through you know again just like if you know rereading a paper before you turn it in like we don't have time to do that on a chat or maybe even an email but we do have time to like go back in time and read it and say like how did this chat go? How could it have gone differently? And um talking about best answers. We'll go through all those chats people had and said, okay, here's the best answer. I want everybody to give this answer like this and then yeah. repeat it. Like we have a couple that we joke about around here, you know, that like, because I've repeated it so many times, it's crazy. But, um, but we talk about so-and-so smiley face. Don't forget that smiley face. Like, yeah. so good point.
0: So smiley face, what are, what are some of your secret tips then? Like smiley face, tone, do you, what are some of the things you have them say over and over again?
1: Oh, well, some of the things over and over again are very specific to our question. So, sure, sure. you know, we're a nationwide company, right? And um, selling a product that's very location specific. So a lot of times people will say, where are you located? And so when we say we're in New Hampshire, people will just click off the chat because they're like, well, I'm in California. You can't help me. You know, so oh, yeah, I've yeah, had yeah. to repeatedly tell people, look, when they're asking this, that's not what they mean. They don't really care where you're sitting right now. Right. They care. Can you service, you know, my event? So like, so for us, I had to teach everybody when they ask that, that's not really what they're asking. Don't answer the question. Say, we cover most areas. Where will your event be? You know, and, um, and start the conversation that way. And if they say like, well, my event's in California, but where are you? Okay. Then tell them where you are. Like, but that happens never. So, so it's taking those, like you look at like the most commonly asked questions, which again, like our help center is really cool about it. will show you like, here's the top 10 questions that people click on let's keep repeating those best answers. And I want you guys to memorize these answers that I've typed out. So when someone asks it live, you can answer it the same way as what's in our help center, you know? And I love uh, that.
0: Yeah. Being aware of the top 10 most asked questions. So if you're answering them, you're answering them the way that it's like, we've crafted this with experience. We know that this is the best way to answer that. It happens to us all the time with, with Pardot and questions like that. Um, Oftentimes people migrating from one tool onto Pardot. And one of the questions we always get is like, what, Moves over, or what doesn't move over, and there's a particular way to answer that question that gets everything moving forward. If you answer it wrong, then people kind of come to a halt. So it's like, yeah, it's like getting that answer into the hands of everyone so they understand what to say. And I also love that understanding the question under the question. You're you're kind of letting your team know that just because they ask this, they're not. The chances are they're not actually saying like, "Hey, where you at?" You know, remember the old ASL from um, online chat was like. Age, sex, location. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, 16 male in New Hampshire. What's up? <laughs> you know, how's it going? Like, no, they're not asking you that. They're yeah. not asking if if you're in drivable distance for a yeah. relationship. They're, they're trying to see if you can service their wedding. Like, I forgot about that. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Right.
1: Right. And it's just one of those questions that in the industry, people are like, you're used to asking. Cause even if you're like, yeah. let's say in New Hampshire and they're based in Boston, they might not even come that. But, yeah, you know, you think I need somebody in Boston and it's like, well, not necessarily. So yeah, it's understanding the question below the question. And um, man, you just made me think of something and uh, it, it escaped
0: me, but um, it'll come back.
1: Oh, well, no about, yeah, the top, you know, FAQ just going over and over again because people are always asking the same questions. So you just got to keep going through that, that training process. And mm-hmm. oh, so a conversation should never Conversational marketing is based on continuing the conversation until your desired goal, whether it's a purchase or solving their problem, right? So you never want to just like give closed-ended answers. Like so back to that example. We're in New Hampshire. Well, how does that continue a conversation? Like, is that how you and I are talking right now? You ask me, (laughs) you know, I give you a two-word answer and like so you wanna like continue the conversation. Like you know I I know a general rule is don't answer a question with a question, but answer their question and maybe you know, ask them a question back and continue the conversation, you know, and that that's got to be a goal um, on your chat. And if you're not doing it, you're not, again, it's about engagement, just like with an email, right? Like, um, and we talked about on the last podcast, like, you know, ask, you know, answer their question that they asked you an email, but ask them a question back yeah. and keep the conversation moving towards your desired goal. And um, so the same's really got to be true with chats, but it's got to happen quickly. You know, you got to be on your feet and and understand that process. Um,
0: I think that was one of the coolest things I've heard around conversational marketing. And it, and it takes someone like you who has, has feet in the B2B the considered sale as well as feet in that more retail like purchase side where conversational marketing is all about continuing the conversation until you reach the goal. I love that because you're right like if there's a purpose to this thing and and the goal might be a purchase right if if it's one or it might be solving their problem or educating them to be able to make the right step so they can become a lead and talk to sales or whatever the case may be um that's the goal and not just sort of cutting it off with this sort of staccato like uh yes no <laughs> yeah yeah you know like that's that's not the point point. and yeah. like, you need to know the goal before you can like optimize anything else to understand where you're trying to get people to.
1: Yeah. So it can be tricky. Like you said, where are you finding these chat people? And like, they, they got to be good sales or good support people in general. You can't yeah. just have like, I'm going to hire somebody to sit on here and answer questions and look up the answers and give them back to them. Like, that's not going to work. Why do that? Right. You might as well just not have chat if you're going to, you know, that's another thing we've talked about. Like if you have people on chat giving bad answers, you, it's almost worse than if you just didn't have chat at all. Like they might have found their answer on your website, so be careful. Like, don't just throw it on there and think you're doing some wonderful thing. If, if you can't have a good person on there, then you, you might be doing more damage than good. Um, and I, you know, I've experienced that for sure. So
0: bad chat is worse than no chat.
1: Yeah. Um, so you want to make sure you have good chat uh, representatives, and 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 you want to get them as close to doing what you just like in the day of phone sales, right? You were probably your best phone salesperson. And your goal is to get everybody to do what you're doing. So the same goes with chat. Um, yeah. And even if it's solving their problem, again, like if you, let's say you have a client that comes on and they're frustrated with something, you you don't want to make them more frustrated because yeah. you just have someone on there that can't answer their questions. So they've come on your website looking for answers because they wanted a quick, you know, efficient answer to their question. So, so you get, that's where I think, again, you can bring the bots back in because, or, or at least like pointing people towards help documents because, at least you know you can get them to the answer you want to give them if right. they can find it. So
0: Right. I wonder if this, you know, when we talked about AdWords last time and just the understanding of those things, you know, Google, the benefit of Google is there's intent. You go to Google to search for something. You have a question, problem, challenge, something, and you're seeking an answer. When you do chat, you're kind of seeking something as well. Like yeah. at least we know that if they're clicking that thing, There's some. they have some kind of goal in mind.
1: Yeah. Chat's not a passive, you know, yeah. action. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Very good. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah it's not
0: they, passive. They just sort of rolled onto your site. you give them a little back <laughs> massage and then they kind of roll off your site. No, they're like, I have a question. Like for me, it was like, well, how much is this thing? Is it even worth me considering? That was my underlying question. And I found out it's not really worth me considering, <laughs> but, but I, got, I got it answered. So I felt good about that chat. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's almost a buying signal, right? When someone chats, they're, they're yes. taking an action. So you might like this. You know, we ha- I had a theory for years that most people would disagree with is I had an open chat, meaning I didn't require them to give us any information to start chatting because my theory was like, hey, man, you want to talk to us? Let's talk. Right. You know, and then again and again, everybody says, no, your chat's a lead gen. You want to at least ask them for their email. And then, you know, on top of that, people say, well, you want to get their email so you can follow up with them. I'm like, yeah, but... I'm the kind of person sometimes I just want an answer and like I don't want to end up on your spam list. I'm not gonna give you my email. But then somebody that works for me, uh, she brought up a great point when we were really considering moving to a different program where they required that you get the email. I'm like, oh, that's really the only sticking point. They have so many great things, but I don't want to require that because I thought it was such a big part about what we do. She's like, you know what? If they weren't serious about buying from you, you know, they're not they're gonna give if they are serious about buying from you in any kind of way, they're gonna give you your email. If they're not serious at all and they, they just say, like, if they don't want to end up on your email list, then they're probably never going to buy from you anyway. And I thought there was some insight to that, you know, where hmm. I still, you know, would disagree to some extent um, where I just want to have this open area of of chat. You know, I don't want to force them to go through any barrier to get to it. On the other hand, if someone doesn't want to give you something as simple as their email, they might not be very serious, you know, um, right. in the process, too. so So we give them both options they can get around the giving the email but at least we present it now at this point just to say like because again there's many benefits so when we're done with the chat we send an email over with the transcript right Mm -hmm. but we also say like hey we covered these areas but if you want to pick up the conversation you know just just email me back we'd love to like help you out and now you've taken that conversation and continued it whereas if you didn't grab any information that's it they've left your site and you know, maybe left their top of mind, but now we can send this nice worded email, you know, asking them another, you know, continuing that conversation down the path we wanted to go. So, mm-hmm. and we could customize that based upon the chat. If there's a real agent on there, they can write a nice note, hey, it was so great talking to you today. Right. I'm here for you, always. So now you're moving them into that other medium.
0: So, you, uh, I mean, there is that it's, it's tricky because <laughs> right? as a marketer, you're like, you want to capture that follow up. Yeah. I, I feel you on that initial. Gut that you had was just like let people ask their question, yeah, um, and then I also get the sense of, oh, if they're serious they or not, or what but there's something about email, and um, it's it, it's like people give us their email on forms in exchange for something really good, right, right. Gonna, not really good, but like good enough that I'll deal with unsubscribing or deleting your emails a couple of times in order to get this case study or white paper or access to something. But when it's a chat, I think about the barter. Like, what do do I get in return for the email, right? So early on, I was like thinking about my recent thing with that that SaaS company where I wanted pricing. And thankfully, they were able to answer my question without email. I think they asked for it at the end. And I was like, bye. (laughs) Well, but-
1: you know on the other hand it's like um it's how you present it to them not just like give me your name and email to start the chat like if you just have it like a form that doesn't work we do it in the form of a question so the bot is actually asking hey you know great we want to chat with you um what's your email address in case we get disconnected we want to pick up the conversation we don't want you to feel like we forgot about you so just crafting and so it's not even a form so it's less and true it's less you know less obvious of like this is just a form they just want my information it's it's a question and then they have to answer with their email and then if they don't answer, you know, it'll pick up the email obviously and pass it along to our system. So so I find like that works very well. It's, it's very, it's not, it doesn't seem invasive invasive and it seems like, Again, we care. We want to follow up with you. We want to continue the conversation. If we right. lose you, we don't. Just like when you call a customer support, they're like, well, what's your phone number in case I lose you? I want to call you back. Because how many times have you been in like a half an hour conversation with support on something and you get disconnected and then you got to call back and talk to some new rep. So like, I'm always That's like, yeah, hey, here's my number. Take it. Because if we get lost, I want to make sure you call me right back. I don't want to start over again.
0: Like, That's true. That can be really frustrating and start the whole combo over, not have a log of anything. Um, so uh, what I got from that was like, what's in it for me? As long as we're explaining what they get in exchange for this email, bypassing future conversations, that sounds like worth it. And then also um, that what you mentioned about the transcript, like that's interesting too. If this person on this chat had said, "Hey, would you like a you know transcript of this chat? All I need is your email. Don't worry, I'm not gonna spam you." Um, before or after I, I might've done that to get a, just a, like a, a record of like, Oh, here's some cost data so I can take it with me. Or, um, I think about, you know, I had said it was actually said in the chat, wow, that seems pricey. You know, it was something like $500 yeah. a month. And I was like, Oh, I was thinking like 20 bucks a month. Maybe it's worth a roll the dice, you know? Uh, but no, 500 that's a, like, now, now you're serious. So I don't think I want to just you know, shoot from the hip on 500. So I'm like, that's pricey. Um, you know, it's probably not my, my thing. If that person had been like, you know, what's your email? If let me know your email, I'll let you know when there's a promo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. I'd be like, boom, here you go. Yeah. yeah. Shoot me a note. Like if you're going to do a holiday promotion, like I even asked, Hey, is there a holiday promotion? But like shoot me an email. Then I, I would have been like, Oh, that's helpful for me. Here's my email. As opposed to just, I'm only serving myself and trying to create lead gen here. What's your email?
1: Well, the other nice thing too, is if you pick up their name and email, um, obviously you're tracking their IP address. So the next time they come back to your website, it's you're not asking them again and you you can pop up and say, Hey Keith, I see you're back. Did you, did you need any more help and give that more personal touch? Yeah. Again, you can, you know, some people would, or would have said like, Oh, that sounds creepy, but people are, you know, clients, the people are expecting this more personal Mm -hmm. interaction with your website these days. Just like you wouldn't send an email, hello friends, like that's a scam, right? (laughs) When you send an email, you clearly have the person's name, so you wanna use that merge field and say, hello Casey, you know, uh, I wanted to tell you. So people expect that you're using their name and interacting and not forgetting who they are the next time they come to your site. And um, you know, I've been surprised too, where like people will come on the chat, you know, when we don't collect name and email, and they're like chatting with me. Like I knew their whole history. And I said, like, yeah. Oh, hold on a second. I don't even, uh, you know, in order for me to help you, I need to know your name and email. Like they just start chatting as if like they expected that their chat just picked up from the same chat a month ago. Like people right. are expecting this technology now. So we have to like, you know, kind of be into that. Um, so right. I've changed my mind on that. I, you know, for a while I felt like I was all alone in the like, don't ask for name. Everybody looked at me like I was crazy, but my gut just, as a consumer myself, just like you said, well, what am I getting for this? I don't, my question is so low level. I don't need to get spammed over. I don't have time for that. I'm not going to chat, but, um.
0: and you know, and I do like your idea of giving them the option. Yeah. Maybe maybe not, but if you do, then you just follow down a different path. Like these people are just doing a little anonymous chat. They're probably either not super serious to your, your team members, you know, point of view. Hey, maybe they're not, they're not that far along in that sales process. Like I was super early. I don't want, even that yet, um, but if I was further along and I was comparing you versus someone else, I might be like, "Here's my email. Send me the best thing you can do."
1: Yeah, and I think if you want to talk to a real person, you're probably a little more serious. If you're not very serious, you probably could search the the help center and get what you need. I would think so.
0: Well, I mean, that's, if that's you have a, a good guys, help a
1: center, you yeah, know, that's
0: a question. Like, um, what was that? I think it's uh, oh, it's DISC or one of those personality tests. But the idea of, um if you're if you're big into facts some people like getting their yeah getting their facts from people some people like getting their facts from things right maybe that's an introvert extrovert tied into like your fact finding like and so for me i like getting my facts from people um because i get to talk to a person and i get to learn something it's great some people are like no i don't want to talk to this person (laughs) you know is there a way that i can get this information and not have to talk to not have to you know because i for some people if they're not all about other people and that more introverted kind of thing it like takes energy to talk to someone as opposed yeah. to for me yeah. i get energy from talking to that poor person at the sas company right so <laughs> but yeah to your point like give them the option hey you just want to get that go deep on that help center go for it
1: yeah right right so we give them both options within the chat you know like yeah you know you can you could do it this way or you can talk to a real person i'll give you a great example too like recently of how not to do it is I was looking into um, prices of of an expo and I go on their website. They don't have any prices, which I, I get why some people don't do, but I think it's a mistake. Put your prices on your website out there. So, you know, they had a little like ask us button. I'm like, Oh great. A chat wasn't a chat, just a form wanted me to put in my question. So I put in my question Annoying. and um, I get an email back four days later. Oh no, I'm sorry. I didn't get an email back. That's what I wanted. I get a phone call. I don't answer it because I didn't recognize the number goes right. to my voicemail and some guy saying, Hey, I'd love to talk to you about pricing and what we do at our expo. I'm like, Hey, I know what you do at your expo. My message said I wanted pricing and I sent a message because I just wanted it in an email. Instead. Now you're calling me. I could have called you. Your phone number was right there on the website. I, yeah. I didn't want to call because I know what your thing is. I just want the price. Like that's all I want. So that's like what not to do. Like you said, like, you know, if I'm, Sending an email or a message. I want an email or a message back I don't want you to just ignore that and pick up the phone and call me, you know yeah. Like and like so I was just super annoyed by that and like anytime something like that happens I just keep it in mind like this is how I don't want to do that to people, you know, so um, if they come on my chat website and they want to chat let's chat And like if You know and if, if if we want to follow up with that chat with a phone call a few days later We can do that, but yeah. you know, don't just ignore how I came through, you know, um, yeah, so
0: that's a good point yeah. Huh? Yeah. I wondered, have you ever sent an email inviting someone to a chat?
1: Uh, so we do actually. So we have links in most of our emails or mm-hmm. some of our emails. Cause again, you want to be careful in your emails about having too many different links to different URLs that right. don't match your email address. Right. So, you know, if you're CheshireImpact.com, you know, you want to make sure you're landing them on chess. So, you know, invite them to chat, but make sure wherever you're landing them is going to pop up with the chat and it has mm-hmm. that same URL. So like. Occasionally, I'll, I'll invite them to chat on Facebook, but I'm careful about it because the nice thing we didn't even get off on that nice thing about Facebook Messenger, you can always continue that anytime they didn't leave that because Messenger's always open, right? So that's a whole different category. But yeah, so that is, you know, we say, hey, if you have any questions, feel free to reply to this email, mm-hmm. give us a call or chat here. So we want to give them all three of those options. Um, you know, and sometimes, or send us a Facebook message. And we do get a lot of people that click that and start that Facebook Messenger because yeah. I know like, you know, so we have, you know, a lot of people that work for us that are in their, you know, um, you know low 20s, you know, 23, sure. 24 years old. And I'm surprised to see they're not even texting. They're using Facebook Messenger more than they are using text messaging. Or, um, right. oh, we give them that option in the email too. Or click here to shoot us a text message if you're on your cell phone. But um, so- You know, I do want to present all those different ways for people to chat with us and and considering your, you know, your clientele, obviously your demographic too, right. right? So my demographic happens to be a 28 year old um, female most of the time. So we have to look at that. You know, if you're B2B, I mean, you could be all over the place, right? So, um,
0: but kind of meeting them where they're at.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then some people will be like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to do all this. I can't monitor my text and my chat and my <laughs> Facebook Messenger. And there's a lot of great programs yeah. that'll tie all that in too. Where oh, you, really? Where you can get them all on one platform. Like a lot of a lot of text platforms or chat platforms will now bring in, you could bring in your Facebook messaging right into the same mm. platform. So you're doing all of that in the same place. So you might be Facebook messaging with them, but you're on the same you know dashboard got that you like texting with them or whatever so you you can find solutions to that but um i don't know about you but as a digital marketer i have like 10 tabs open at any given time so just get used to it that's what i say. like true, true. someone wants to come, alert
0: you like hey yeah, i got someone talking that's yeah. right yeah so that's for sure you know i remember remember back in the old days of like aol instant messenger there was this thing called pigeon and it would let me do like yahoo messenger and aol instant messenger yeah. and like you know, Skype or some other things where they all be on one platform. So I could just type responses and that was pretty efficient. So I I could see the benefit of if you do have lots of channels, especially Facebook messenger and all these things, just being able to have your team, like maybe you can click through tabs, but like to have your team just sitting there being able to address a single window. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there are ways to do that for the most part,
0: but. Sick, man. Yeah. And who would have thought we have all this stuff to talk about with conversational marketing. I know. Right. How long are we on? Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies, right? I <laughs> yeah. know. Seriously. We're almost Joe Rogan here. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit less, a little bit less. Um, where does this go?
1: What's that? What do you mean? Conversational marketing. Like oh yeah. This? Well, so, I mean, I was really taken back. I mean, I get it. Facebook's trying to, you know, not, get spammed. Right. I was, that, that really hurt. Like the, cause that was going some great places with like being able to set up, you know, automated campaigns with a Facebook messenger and yeah. they, 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 they uh, about August 15th, they kind of cut back. Like there's only certain types of things you could send after 24 hours. So that was kind of a bummer because I was really going into a nice place. Cause like I said, Facebook messenger is always available and yeah. you don't see that many people doing it, but there is still a lot of opportunity there. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, we're talking about the rise of the bots and I mm. think, um, you know, bots have come up and just as fast as everybody got excited, have realized oh well, we need to pair this back and, mm. you know, have that, that 50, 50 mix. And there's a really great way to do that. So, um, I'm excited to see where it go. You know, I think there's a lot of opportunity for, um, you know, uh, just, Being able to be people again, you know, everybody's always afraid of like, oh, we're going in this world of bots, but I think it's just allowing us to, to start real conversations and be available to people. And and, and as long as you're always treating people like they're people, you know, um, conversational marketing, whether it's bots or people is is the best way to do business, you know, because you're, you're able to communicate with multiple people at once.
0: Yeah.
1: Whereas if you're on the phone, you're talking to a person and that's it. So if you can have a conversation with three or four people and give them the same kind of attention at once and be able to serve your client's needs, um, we live in an instant gratification world. So we have to be available to give people what they want right away. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. It reminded me what you are talking about like Buddy of mine Ethan from Bomb Bomb was like rehum you know, humanize your yeah. your marketing. I think right, we all went like tech hardcore and now we're like, nah, I kinda just want to talk to another person <laughs> or just be treated like a person. So all these so it's kinda like tech is like, Yeah, but we could be completely AI and you're like, Yeah, that's nice, but you can run my power grid. I'd rather just talk yeah. to a person, you know. Well,
1: I think we get shiny thing syndrome, right? As, as yeah, marketers, yeah. we're like, oh, wow, I can do this now. And you get all excited and then you get into it and you're like, all right, well, but we still need to be people like, right. you know, robo calls and, you know, technology's there, but it's not always, it's not always the best option. But so you got to look at the technology and say, how can I make, right? Like, so we use robocalls as a bad example for not, not for selling people stuff, because I think that's awful. I hate yeah, I think so calls. too. That's like
0: the devil. But, it's a crazy inferno.
1: Yeah, but it's a, but you could take that same technology and use it for something good, like a reminder, right? Yeah. Like I don't need to pick up the phone and tell somebody like, you know, Hey, your products ready. You know, I sent you an email about it, whatever. Like yeah. they just maybe want to look at their voicemail transcript and be like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's ready. You know? And it's something I recorded yeah. myself. And like, so there's opportunity for that kind of thing. So same thing with the chat, like, or like a chat bot. Like if you just set up a bot and let it run and think you never have to talk to another person, you you're probably wrong. I mean,
0: yeah. You're um, probably chasing people away at that point. Yeah. So well, sweet, man. This has been fun, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks uh, for, for having me the, back. Uh, what's that? I said, thanks
1: for having me back. This is great. Yeah,
0: We'll have to do yeah. this. Uh, yeah. We'll have to keep going as long yeah, as people yeah, keep sure. listening, right? Even if they don't listen now, yeah, whatever, we'll just keep chatting. Yeah. We had um, a good time. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I think sometimes it can be fun when, you know, you get somebody back on, you throw out the agenda and you're just like, just talk, talking about whatever. Uh, or topics that are kind of at the tops of our minds right now
1: for sure yeah absolutely That's sweet
0: well hey where can people connect with you throw those LinkedIn those things out there but also you know definitely pitch classic too. so get the word out about that for people listening
1: yeah yeah so our website is classic we do um, you know wedding and event photography so check that out um, you can find me on LinkedIn um, you know Keith Phillips on LinkedIn I'm sure you'll find me uh, Facebook um, Instagram um, for all i mean right. any social media you name it we're there so totally yeah. so
0: hit you up for you know insights yeah, into yeah. All those things we've been talking about classic photographers like i mean not a sponsor but like my wedding was with classic photographers <laughs> and that question you asked earlier you know yeah. where are you you're everywhere right we're in yeah. new hampshire right now but but those services go for you know north america yeah north
1: america and england actually yeah
0: england okay we got some listeners in england yeah
1: cool yeah so i appreciate the plug thanks yeah sure
0: (laughs) anytime man Uh, Uh, for sure if you're doing a comedy show i'd plug that yeah yeah absolutely so sweet well hey you know thanks for coming on here and uh you know i'm sure we'll check in soon all right thanks
1: casey have a good day awesome
0: and for everyone out there listening if you learned something and i know you did because i literally have two pages and i ran out of Mm -hmm. space and started drawing sideways same um especially around yeah. Especially around deliverability, checking out those open numbers, total opens, and also conversational marketing. This is not going away. We're getting more humanized here. Uh, good stuff. So share this. If you learned something, share this episode with someone else, one other person, so they can learn from this and you can be a thought leader that way. So awesome. Keith, cool. thanks again, man. Thanks, sir. Cool. For everyone out there listening, it's been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We'll catch y'all next time. All right. A big thank you to today's sponsors. Cheshire Impact, helping marketers and sales win, maximizing the use of Pardot and Salesforce. And a big thank you to Qualified.com, the number one live chat and chatbot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Remember the giveaway, if you have Salesforce Pardot and you want a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, then you go over to Qualified.com, engage in the chat, do a demo and tell them that Casey sent you And that book will be on its way to your door. All right. We'll see you all in the next one.